Hi, I'm Annette Rue, and this is Ruminate on That. Hey everyone, great to be back with you. Today is actually part one of a two-episode conversation. A couple months ago, I was doing some praying and journaling, some thoughts about some things that have happened over the last nine or ten months with me, but also in my family. And actually with a lot of other people in my life, I've noticed some similarities, even though our circumstances are different. I've noticed what I would call similar symptoms happening in people. And as I was praying about it and doing some journaling, just trying to think through my thoughts, God showed me this idea that has helped me put language to the experience. And it's happening in individuals, but also somewhat collectively. And I'm calling it spiritual whiplash. And I think that probably immediately sparks a certain idea for you if you know what whiplash is. If you've ever been in a car accident or know someone that's experienced that, it is a really unpleasant thing. And we're going to talk about this a little bit over the next couple of episodes. But I want to share a story with you that immediately came to mind. And as I'm thinking about how I've been dealing with this condition, as I'm very lightly calling it, when I was a little girl, um, I, I I didn't know as much about superheroes at that time because nobody that I knew was into comics or anything. But some of the big movies when I was a kid, you know, back in the ancient times, <laughs> were about superheroes. Superman was the big one. Batman was also on the scene. The only female superhero that really was dominant on the scene at that time was Wonder Woman. And Linda Carter, she was the OG Wonder Woman. She was amazing. And I would see reruns of these episodes of Wonder Woman, the TV series. Amazing. I don't even know if they exist on YouTube. They probably do. But she was so beautiful, yet so powerful. And I just loved that picture. She's definitely someone that I thought was cool when I was a kid. And there are moments when you're a kid, you know, and you're trying to emulate or pretend. I loved pretend. I lived in the world of imagination as a kid. And I remember a summer we were living in Wyzetta, Minnesota. We lived in this massive apartment complex. It was kind of a tough time, honestly, for our, for our family financially in that season. But we lived in this huge apartment complex, and it had a courtyard right in the middle of the complex. And there was no public access to it. So it was great because all the kids would, like, hang out in this complex or in this courtyard in the middle of the complex. And it had a big grassy area, and it had trees and benches and different things, and it was just perfect for summertime hangs with kids. So I'm somewhere in the neighborhood of, I want to say, 11, 12 years old, something like that when we first moved there. And I remember having mac and cheese for lunch one day, and I'm finishing my lunch, and I hear kids in the courtyard, and I'm like, ooh, I got to get out there. So I drop my bowl in the sink, and I am immediately in the space of Wonder Woman in my mind, you know, because there's boys out there and it's time to go do battle, right? And so I, as I leave my bowl in the sink and I charge through the living room, I'm heading toward the patio door and I'm sprinting. In my mind, if you've seen the Wonder Woman movies that are out now, I'm so glad she's getting press again. It's about time. Those Amazon women, as they run and then leap into the air, right? And they're going, they're coming down on their opponent. In my mind, this is what's happening with me. I am full of mac and cheese and I'm ready to go out and beat up the boys. That's what's about to happen. And I run through the living room, 
leap through the patio door to be met very abruptly by the screen, which was shut, and I couldn't see it because it was summer. That landed me back on the living room floor, staring up at the ceiling, knocked the wind out of me. (laughs) That picture, honestly, is funny, but it's a little bit how I felt after the last six months running along in life and feeling excited. You know, there's things happening. Life has its challenges. There are the opponents, the villains out there, but, you know, going after it and running headlong towards something and then boom, life happens and you're flat on your back looking up at the sky going, how did I get here? And listen, I'm not 11, 12 years old now. I don't bounce back like I used to. And as I've looked around with people that I care about in my life, and not even just here in Georgia where we are now, but friends across the country going through all kinds of different situations, I see a lot of people, I think, feeling the same thing, kind of reeling from some of these abrupt momentum changes that have happened. And for a lot of people, it might have been things that happened because of the pandemic, but not just that, like literally things that that are happening in their family where things have come to a complete stop when you lose someone suddenly or some financial issues, a loss of a job. There are all kinds of things that happen, but it seems like, and maybe it's just my perception, but maybe you're here with me in this and that it seems like there's just a widespread kind of people are stunned by things that have happened in the last year. And as I was kind of just thinking about it and and practicing ruminating as I'm learning to do, as I'm thinking about what I describe now as spiritual whiplash, you know, the symptoms vary a lot with whiplash. I did a little reading about it. I went to the Mayo Clinic's website and I was reading about whiplash. The immediate picture that comes to mind for me is somebody with the big foam collar on, you know, and then like a shady lawyer standing next to them ready to capitalize on the accident. And, and as I, I think about that in my mind um, and took some time to just think it over, there just became, there was a lot of things that tied together, a lot of things that made sense in thinking about spiritual whiplash. When a traumatic thing happens, it, it brings your life to an abrupt stop. And then you experience these symptoms, depending on how fast you were going, right? What kind of condition you were in before, what you hit, But there are a lot of things that are common to whiplash, no matter how intense or even the mild cases, is that most of the injury is not visible from the outside. You can't just see it by looking at someone. It involves a lot of pain and soreness internally. And one of the biggest factors is the limited movement. It hurts to move in certain ways. When I was in college, I had a car accident in the summer and um, had a little bit of whiplash And I remember looking to the left side was hard for me for a while, but it's crazy because even after I healed from that and the the soreness was gone, I went to a chiropractor, you know, my parents took great care of me in that healing process. I, I hesitated to look far to the left for a long time after that, just because of the memory of the pain of it. You even can get, you can get headaches, dizziness is a problem, blurred vision, ringing in your ears. Wow, when I was looking at those symptoms, I just all these things started to come and, and make more sense. I started to think, wow, this is this really does apply. This analogy really makes sense. And it was really helpful for me 
to think about these symptoms and, and kind of look at my own situation emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. You can even struggle then with sleeping and resting because all these things are going on. And then when you don't sleep, we all know what, ha- we know what happens. You get irritable. You can't focus as well. Your reflexes are slower. You just don't react as quickly. So I'm sure you're with me already. The correlation between this physical thing that happens and, and how we may be feeling emotionally and spiritually right now, it leads to this apprehension. There's like this, I find myself in a place of more uncertainty or lack of confidence maybe in areas that I should feel good about. I'm, I'm hesitant to just jump back in. There's some fear about the future that has crept in. And I see this with so many people. There's so much uncertainty. It's causing us to be hesitant about moving forward. In a lot of cases, we start wondering what I did wrong. There must have been something that I did that led to this. Or how did I not see this coming? Was I not paying attention? And we struggle with who to know. Who, do, who can we trust? Who, who can I go to? It can result in a lot of frustration. And, and in some cases, hurt from those abrupt, traumatic events that put everything at a halt. People, that leads off into anger that just kind of bubbles beneath the surface for a long time. And this is a state that I think we have to recognize that if you're in this state, every analogy breaks down at some point. I get that. But I think there, this might be a picture that could help us if we would take some time to just meditate, sit with it a little bit. And assess with everything that we've gone through and your personal situation can reflect all kinds of different things that might be different from mine. But I hope that maybe some of my experiences will help you to process some of the stuff that you have gone through. What I experienced was the pandemic was difficult, incredibly difficult. Obviously, we were all in that together. But in June, something that I really loved, a ministry that I was working in, with some people that I love dearly, um, various circumstances happened and that ministry had to be closed. And it was really difficult. I had vision for that ministry. I was looking to the future for those people and for this amazing thing that I thought God had called me here to do. And then it was over and it was so abrupt and I didn't see it coming. And there were all these things that I was beginning to deal with. And, and I wasn't alone in it. Everyone else that was also looking forward to that future was in the same place. And let me say this. I totally understand why it happened now. Hindsight, as they say, is twenty twenty. I hate to give twenty twenty that credit right there. But there's probably something to be said in that. Looking back on it, I can see clearly now, okay, I see all the pieces and how they fit together. I even see some clarity at this point about what God may have been doing in me, but I can't say that I have it all figured out. I'm not sure that I ever will. This isn't the first time that my life has abruptly come to a stop, and I'm certain it won't be the last. But what I have to recognize and what I'm walking through right now is that spiritual whiplash is very real for me. I've come a long way since June. God has been doing some amazing things, especially because I've found this space to create stillness and just be with him. So I would encourage you to take some time and evaluate if you may be on this 
diagnosis with me. If I, I would encourage you to take some time to evaluate whether maybe this spiritual, emotional diagnosis may apply to you as well. Let's talk a little bit about what treatment might look like for something like spiritual whiplash. I love how Jesus often used natural systems or biological systems to teach spiritual principles. Obviously, I believe that God created everything as it exists, and Jesus used those things to teach often, like the body of Christ. We, he uses that analogy to explain how we all work together. Every part has a different purpose. And he also used agricultural examples all the time to teach principles like the sower and the seed, talked a lot about harvesting. And I love that. And this, to me, kind of falls in the line of that, of perhaps um, the same method that Jesus might have used, a natural system, our body, and something that God created our body to do to help us understand something emotionally and spiritually about pain. And like I mentioned before, I did some reading with the Mayo Clinic on their website about whiplash and about the causes of it, the impact of it, the potential treatment for it. And I loved as I studied it that God began to do even more in my understanding with this season that I find myself and many people I love in. I hope that it will be helpful to you. The Mayo Clinic says that most people with whiplash feel better in a few weeks with rest. It's one of the biggest components. That makes sense because God says, be still. The principle of rest is prevalent all throughout scripture. In the Old Testament, God called his people to take one day out of seven days and commit it to rest. It's called Sabbath or Shabbat. And that principle is prevalent all through scripture. One of the famous verses that talks about rest is Psalm 4610 is quoted a lot. Be still and know that I am God. The second part of that verse says, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. What's interesting about this verse is that I've seen it quoted often. I see it on Instagram or I've seen it in different social media platforms. Be still and know that I am God. And they just have that sentence. And there's like a mountain or a pleasant stream in the background, a sunset. Be still and know that I'm God. What's so interesting, though, um, as you look into this psalm, it's actually a psalm written as like a, a victory song after battle. And that's why the second half of it says, I will be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. This context of this was David and the sons of Korah had gone to this big battle. King David, probably have heard of him. He won many victories and this is one of them. And they were exalting God in this psalm and talking about, look what God has done. He has given us the victory. The two verses before the be still verse talk about seeing the glorious work of the Lord and how he brought destruction on the world and causes wars to end. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. It's like really, really inspirational. But I think sometimes we forget that battle in the ancient times was bloody and brutal and there were bodies laying everywhere. And then here in the middle of it, is be still and know that I am God. In the middle of the destruction and the chaos, be still. And I think there's something so beautiful about that, but it does not anymore conjure the image of a stream or a mountain. For me, it it conjures more maybe standing at the peak of a mountain, looking around at the, the world and the chaos that surrounds it. 
the things that we're navigating all the time on a daily basis with division and difficulty. And God's saying in that place, in that place where it's not calm, where it's not peaceful, where it's difficult, where it's chaotic, and you are reeling from the impact of the chaos, you are hurting, you feel wounded, you feel suffering. I'm calling you to be still and know that I am God. That's a whole different thought. And I don't know about you, but sometimes when things happen that are really difficult, they're really hard, and I'm knocked flat on my back looking up at the ceiling wondering what happened, I just want to get up and brush it off and act like I'm fine. Everything's fine. So many memes out there. I'm not crying. You're crying. Right? I just want to do that. I just want to muscle through. I just want to push through the difficulty and act like, no, it's okay. We can just keep moving. Sometimes I feel embarrassed and I just don't want people to know how devastated I am. I don't know why that is. But I love that God says in the middle of all of that, all of the mess, all of the emotional and psychological chaos that's going on, when things like this happen, be still and know that I'm God. That brings us back again to the reason for ruminating. Sometimes we just have to stop and look around. We miss a lot when we muscle through. We don't see all the things that God could show us if we would just be still for a minute. And, you know, going back to the analogy about whiplash, when I think of whiplash, I think of the foam collar, right? And actually, when I was reading from Mayo Clinic about that, they said that the foam collar is not used very prevalently at all for treatment. It's just short term for pretty intense cases where they'll put that foam collar on so that your head can rest on it. But to remain still like that for too long can actually decrease the muscle strength and interfere with the healing process. And so while God calls us to a place of stillness, we can't live there. It's not the place that he calls us to live and stay forever. I think stillness has many purposes, rest, healing, recovery, reflection. But there does come a time where we rise again and get back in the game, get back in the battle, if you will, go back to what God has purposed for you to do. As we wrap up this episode I want to encourage you to take a few minutes to think about some of your experiences over the last year. It may even be helpful to list some emotional or spiritual symptoms that you're noticing in yourself or in someone close to you. Did you experience a traumatic stop or a major shift in momentum like I described? Did you have your own screen door moment? The typical go-to for me is to hop up, shake it off, and muscle through. That's just how I've always been. But this time was different. And I think that God had something to do with that. And now I am so grateful. There's still a sense of waiting for life to feel normal again. And if you've experienced anything like this, you probably understand what I'm talking about and can relate. But what if going back to what felt normal, what if that just isn't possible now? What if too much has changed? This whole pandemic was a traumatic stop in itself and all of the ripple effects that came of that. And it has taken longer than a lot of people anticipated to get through it. We're still in it. Even if you live in an area that didn't go into full lockdown mode, the rest of the world has been impacted and a lot of things are just different now. 
Are you finding yourself hesitant or unsure about how to move forward? It will be helpful for you to take some time to think about that. Are there any residual effects that may be holding you back? Are there any relationships that may need some extra TLC after the stuff that you've just been through? And do you know what to do with that? Depending on how you're wired, the thought of slowing down just to be still and quiet for a little bit might not be very appealing. Like I said, I am typically one of those people. But here's the reality. If we don't stop and be still after something traumatic has happened, we can miss symptoms and in fact cause greater injury to ourselves. As I close out this episode, if you can just take a few minutes to be still, resist the temptation to try to fix everything. Just take a short inventory of yourself, your thought patterns, things you're concerned about, future plans, hesitations, relationship maintenance that might be needed, but even your dreams, your goals, and your questions. Where are you at with all that? And what is God saying? We don't always see the screen door coming. It happens to everyone at some point. And in this particular season, we are definitely not alone in whiplash recovery. So let's do this together. Look around your life. You'll likely find other people who are feeling the same. So take a deep breath and take a few minutes to inventory. See you next time for part two.